Now, in Tauranga, Sam Ackerman, sports commentator. Good morning, Sam. A very good morning to you, Catherine. Many of us quite keen to move on from that final last uh, uh, Sunday morning, and actually some key figures are in their careers. Some uh, significant announcements this morning. First of all, involving the referee, referee on the field, as opposed to the one who was butting in every five minutes off the field. Uh, Wayne Barnes. Done and dusted. He has announced his retirement from uh, refereeing. 111 tests, the last one obviously being that World Cup final. Uh, he is a name that has brought different emotions, fair to say, uh, Catherine, in New Zealand over a uh, best part of a couple of decades now. So he's a um, he, he retires as widely regarded as the best referee in the in the game, international rugby. So uh, whether you felt he got a couple of calls right or wrong and could have been better, I I don't think that uh, the, the ire is really directed at Wayne Barnes um, as much as, of course, as you mentioned, the TMO and just the, the system in general. Uh, but he did mention on the way out that uh, the abuse that uh, comes with the territory has just got too much uh, for everyone these days. Not saying that he personally uh, was driven out by the abuse, but we do know his wife, Polly, who was at the World Cup final, took the social media to refer to the environment as vile uh, and telling people to remember it's only a game. She's obviously sick of the abuse and the death threats. And why wouldn't you be? I mean, one death threat in your life should be too many, let alone the amount that uh, international referees and officials have to deal with. So uh, you can't blame him for for moving on and wanting to spend some time with his family and just, you know, not generally be abused and yelled at um, in your profession. So understandable. Uh, and he, I, I know that his name can wind people up, but the fact of the matter is he did well um, as a referee. I think he was uh, reasonably solid throughout his career. Uh, and while he might have been in charge of a game that people were upset we lost, he was also in charge of the game against Ireland that could have gone either way if it wasn't for uh, some calls that we felt were the right ones in that one. And you can ask Ireland fans what they think of it because that's the deal with referees. You can only please 50% of the crowd half the time. Well, and that's kind of the problem with the way the system's working. And actually, Steve Hansen, so Steve Hansen had a really interesting column in the last day or two proposing changes to that system. It's just the minutiae involved in, in when the TMO gets involved or doesn't get involved is just getting ridiculous. And, and it's taking out the randomness of mistake-making. And Sam, as we said, you, you could tolerate the randomness of, of mistake-making if it falls evenly. But when someone butts in on some occasions with their TV replay and, and not on other occasions, but let's not go there. Let's talk about what these guys do on the field, actually. Yes. Uh, because the fitness involved to keep up with these teams... For well, the elite um, athletes, 80, they're going to run alongside elite athletes. elite athletes. And the ability to have eyes on multiple uh, different occurrences going on. Do you know what I love and what I think has been a huge advance in the game? Being able to hear them, hear the way they talk to the players, get back, hands off, use it. No, get out of their number seven. They actually do a hell of a lot to prevent more penalties and to try and keep the play flowing. Uh, and I found that tremendously helpful, being able to under to be able to hear and understand what they're doing. But it's an incredible ask, one guy or one woman among sixty. And actually, now that I think about it, one of the great refs was the woman who did the um, later matches of the Women's World Cup uh, tournament. She was fantastic. Just, just, just lay off. You know, it's just this rubbish that comes into social media. These, you really wish action could be taken, don't you? We we shouldn't to a degree. They shouldn't be celebrities. We shouldn't know their names. The the good referees are 
wallpaper because they let a game flow. Uh, and it's because of uh, media fans uh, and uh, coaches after games that we draw so uh, so much onto these referees. It's There is no sport without it. There is no game of what, whatever code you're into uh, or not into. The fact is, there is does, sport doesn't exist without these people for themselves in that situation. The abuse they cop is ridiculous. Uh, and it, uh, you, you, what you mentioned about need be able to keep up with these athletes. Being able to keep up with these athletes, then make split decision to, uh, second decisions to be able to keep these balls of testosterone <laughs> under control with, with simply by pointing and talking at them. I mean, I can barely keep my three children apart for longer <laughs> than three seconds without blowing my top when they're yeah. going ballistic. So I, I have no idea. Like they, yeah, they deserve our uh, our thanks and our praise. And uh, it's unfortunate that uh, his last th- knowledge of uh, New Zealand fans will be abuse. Uh, not a lot of us, I think, uh, It's but there's always just that vocal yeah. minority of on the cesspool that is social media and a few drunk people in stands that'll say stupid things. But Well, you know I what, the other worry, Sam, is that better. this is also happening at sports, kids' sports matches and, and sports games is. around the country on the sideline. And I don't know whether it's always bad. People have always moaned about the ref. It's just part of getting the stress. It's like moaning at the commentator. You know, it's part of getting the stress out of you. But... You know, that happens in a private living room or whatever, and people can squabble over it and bore their dog with it. Sure. But it's Absolutely. what's happening on sidelines and the often aggressive and abusive behaviour. We do not have these matches without these people prepared to officiate. And second, as we were discussing on Tuesday, sport is a human endeavour. Mistake is part and parcel of it. And there has to be tolerance of the mistakes, often comparatively few, that referees will make. I get yelled at when I referee my son's football game. And that's, you know, he's, you know, 10 years old. And to be fair, I'm terrible. But that's not, I'm not cheating. I'm just useless. You know, it's not, if you want a better referee, then you can send someone out opposition. It, 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 it is, it's a thankless job uh, at, at any level. Can't happen without it. Um, uh, I've got nothing but admiration for them. And I don't blame anyone from not wanting to be uh, abused or have death threats sent their way. Okay, Sam Cohn also making a significant announcement today. Yes, so he has taken up a sabbatical in his contract that's been there since he uh, he first signed it, or the, in twenty twenty one, or wherever it was, uh, saying that he will take a uh, he will take a sabbatical to go play in Japan and miss Super Rugby for the Chiefs. Now, um, after the the year and a half he's had, in particular the the last week, you can hardly blame him. Uh, it'll be lucrative. It'll get him out of a pressure cooker environment. And it is the norm. I mean, Adi Savi is going across there as well, missing the Super Rugby to um, better come back and be. Both will be available. For Scott Robertson's All Blacks, but as the captain, as a guy who's under scrutiny, not being here, not being front of mind, would make that pretty difficult, uh, in my opinion. And building those uh, building those relationships, but we can't blame uh, a man for wanting to go take a, a, a moment over there. We do hear from players go across; it's a lot easier on your body than it is playing Super Rugby. Could help with longevity, fun for family, try something new, uh, and come back and run again. But it'll be interesting to see what that means as far as his uh, All Black aspirations uh, and whether that it's going to lead to a new captain. Ironically, one of the future caption options is Artie Savia. He'll be doing the same thing. But Scott Barrett, who's here and uh, who is already well known by Scott Robertson as a uh, Crusaders player, was another contender. So uh, intriguing times. But uh, I think Sam Kane takes a little break with most people's blessing, I'd say. Chiefs fans will be disappointed, but it's the right thing for him and his family, clearly. And also, it's another really good innovation that's come in from New Zealand rugby relatively recently, within the last few years, just to let a player 
uh, particularly these players, most of them have families, take a break. Uh, there's, there's no question for the body, but also for the mind. Uh, it, it's a, a, a useful innovation, right? Yeah, you used to call it the Dan Carter rule. Uh, when you when you earn yourself that status, you want them to stay, but you know that they can make money or they can go experience something else. All these things that their skills allow them to do, but you want them to come back. Uh, Dan Carter for me was the uh, the pioneer, and that's in Bowden Barrett and plenty of other all that greats take those options up too. So uh, yeah, fair play. It's, it's it's if you're not going to compete with that money always, so you might as well find a way to make it work. Okay, uh, where else do we go with the sport this week, Sam? Well, uh, we let's face it, as as rugby fans, that we will be uh, quite fan, uh, quite big fans of watching some trophies or big wins coming away. And the Black Ferns uh, step onto centre stage in Auckland tomorrow night. They will take on uh, England and what is now essentially the decider of this uh, new competition, the WXV1, where they've got the six top nations uh, in women's rugby here. You play three of them. It's, it's, it's not really a final per se, but it is uh, who will finish on top of the standings will be decided by this game. Uh, and England, as we know, uh, the, the real foes. They've only lost one game in their last 39 tests, England, and that was the Women's Rugby World Cup last year, uh, which New Zealand got up on in, in an absolute thriller. So I uh, can't wait to see this rivalry renewed. Uh, the Black Ferns were great against Wales after a slip-up against France to start things. So can they play expensive? Can they get that ball and, and let the Ruby Tuis of this world uh, entertain out wide? Because they could be coming up against the England team. Anyone who remembers Rugby World Cup, the rolling mall they do, they, they scored, what, four tries with it in the final? That's still their number one weapon. So how are they going to stop that? Can they do it again? So it will be thrilling. Looking for the forward to this biggest test under new coach, Alan Bunting. Let's look at coaches, by the way. Uh, and Ian Foster, of course, moving on from the All Blacks role. A question now about what he does. Uh, and after all the denials, Eddie Jones on his way from the Wallabies. <laughs> it's an interesting timing for both, isn't it? Yeah, one was a debacle and one is uh, how you leave gracefully. And I know Ian Foster's probably have a little bit of bitterness. He's, some comments that he's made today uh, does suggest that he felt that he wasn't backed properly by uh, New Zealand rugby. He just, he's pulling his punches somewhat there. But uh, he is... Uh, Ian Foster could have bailed out a long time ago. He went with dignity, dignity rather, and he also made it very clear that he didn't want to talk to anyone else about his next coaching job until he finished this one. Now, A, admirable, but B, he did it protect himself so no one could accuse him of looking at his next gig or thinking about what he has on his horizon because this guy was a, a punching bag for so many people. So here he is. A lot of those gigs are sewn up, but... You know, there's a gig going now in Australia, obviously, as the Wallabies coach. He was, in fact, name-dropped at the press conference when Eddie Jones was announced he was uh, uh, gone burger. It's been talked about with Japan, Fiji. Even the, the British and Irish Lions gig is one that has been uh, mentioned that he could be interested in. He hasn't said anything yet about where he'll go or what he'll do. He does want to coach. He hasn't ruled out coaching against the All Blacks in the future. Why would he? Uh, so a, a very intriguing time for him. I think he's had himself with a fair bit of grace, and I think we should put a little bit more respect on his name than uh, was known in the uh, the first few years of his coaching career as an all-black head coach. Okay, and what did the Aussies do is the other question. Uh, they, they're in a right royal mess. Uh, we've talked about the Eddie Jones debacle for, uh, for feels like weeks now, and they they are a mess. Uh, he, is, uh, he has tarnished his reputation and left Australia rugby in the dirt. Technically, coming in after that, it's really easy to lift them up and be better than what that was. But also, it's a bit of a poison chalice. It's a real mess. Um, uh, uh, Robbie Deans has said there's no way he's going back. He doesn't like to go backwards with his coaching. Uh, and there will be some talk about you know, guys like Foster and some experienced heads going over there. But the favourite seems to be Stephen Larkham, uh, a Wallaby's great, who's been coaching uh, through the 
systems there and I, I think it sounds like the smart move to me put it on somebody who who knows this knows the team people can feel uh, a confidence in uh, and will allow him a bit of grace as well as he's not a, an experienced champion of a coach yet so to me that seems like the right move but geez they're in a mess and that's not good for New Zealand rugby either just touching on league before we get away from uh, the, the football codes uh, tournament at home again when's uh, when's this happening what's coming up well, we have the final of Pacific Championships uh, happening in Hamilton, and it has been a long time, Catherine. 2014 was the last time that the Kiwis uh, got to win a tournament, and that was here on our uh, our shores back in 2014 was the final in the Four Nations. It was a, a, a great moment. This weekend, they take on the Kangaroos in this new championship. that We saw them play Samoa uh, in Eden Park, then they went over to Melbourne where they lost to Australia, coming back here. So they've got a good record at home finals. And test against Australia, if you're a league, league person it's only the third test in 11 years they've played against australia on home soil this is well before COVID. it's, it's a battle getting here anytime so a special moment for uh for the kiwis for league fans and they've got a big job on their hands but an upset here would be just monumental for uh for what new zealand rugby league has had this year uh we know the warriors lifted at new heights as far as interest goes the kiwis are capable of doing the same thing but it takes a, a monster effort against a very good kangaroo side i can't wait Okay, uh, and Warriors about to lose one of their biggest stars? Yeah, uh, just as we're talking about things looking promising, uh, Adam Fanua Blake is the highest played player. He's the, the Dell EM, which is the NRL's kind of judging system uh, prop of the year. Uh, he's a, an absolute monster, one of the most valuable players, and he wants to go. He's asked for a release on compassionate grounds to go back to uh, Sydney. Um, family is what is being reported there, uh, which is he got a release from his Sydney club on compassionate grounds to come to New Zealand, but here he is uh, going back. So it's hard to imagine the Warriors being able to uh, deny such a request. They are um, good humans there, and they have uh, always proven uh, to be you know, treating people as people rather than just commodities. That said, they will probably look for some kind of swap or exchange to get someone of his quality. The problem is, Catherine, there's no one of his quality. He is close to irreplaceable in the scenario. So it's a major blow uh, for the Warriors uh, where things land from here. And if they can convince him to stay and make him happy, wonderful. But when when someone announces that they want out on compassionate grounds, it's hard for that to happen. So, yes, yeah, some, some tough times ahead for uh, the Warriors finding out those options and the uh, some disappointed fans as well. Black Caps now, not a good week for cricket. Yeah, not good week for New Zealand taking on South Africa in World Cups, really, was it? They, uh, the Cricket World Cup was a, a bit of a thrashing and, and out for 100, what they lost by 190, out for 167, which is about 80 runs short of, of their other lowest total so far in this tournament. Lost three in a row, but the biggest problem here is, is the injury concerns. The paceman, Matt Henry's gone down. Lockie Ferguson's injured as well. Kane Williamson, we know, isn't quite back yet from that thumb injury. And uh, all-rounder, well, mostly lower-order batsman, Mark Chapman, still recovering. It means they've got 11 players to choose from right now. 11 players are needed to play a game of cricket. They will uh, take on uh, Pakistan in the weekend. Kyle Jamison flying over as cover. Uh, some big decisions to make because you don't want to take injured players through into this final. You, you, ideally, you want to replace them to have fit options to go with. So it, they can still finish in the top four. If they win against Pakistan, then they should be there, no worries. Um, but it's yeah, it's certainly a little bit of a dangerous situation. And for fans like yourself and I, Catherine, it is uh, nervous, nervous moments yeah. watching. Uh, injuries like never that. help, do they? And after that fantastic chase against the Australian total last week, um, it, it, as you say, it's not like the... Um 
the ability isn't there, the performance isn't there. They just they just lost that winning feeling, haven't they? So let's see how things yeah, that, go. That, and they can turn it around. But mm. when, when the close losses, you go, okay, well, they're still competing. They got flogged really badly, beaten by a South African side who usually have a bit of an issue at the World Cup. That said, they usually have an issue in World Cup knockout games. So uh, let's let's see how that one pans out if they run that one back in a, in a week or two's time. Now, Lewis Clebert, uh, a guest of ours, oh, I think earlier this year it was, such an impressive young man uh, in every way, and one who has stayed in charge of his uh, swim uh, training development by not going overseas, actually, as much as uh, swimmers often do, but a relocation looks like it's coming no matter what. It's happening this weekend. Uh, he is he is leaving Wellington uh, to come to Auckland for the centralised programme because he's got to leave his coach as well. Gary Hollywood, one of the greatest names in coaching anywhere. Gary Hollywood, how good's that? <laughs> but he, uh, he's he been his coach for the last seven years, obviously integral in, in turning Lewis Clearbert into this uh, incredible athlete that he is uh, becoming. We don't like labels, but you know, called the next Daniel Loader. He's he's that promising. Uh, he has he can't stay in Wellington because he, the access uh, is too infrequent at the only fifty meter pool, the Wellington Regional Aquatic Centre in uh, Kilburnie. So it it's a real loss, and to think that you can only achieve your goals in swimming by going to Auckland and being the centralised program. That's just so disheartening for what New Zealand stands for and how we look things. Yes, absolutely, that's where the best facilities can be. Great, but to not, it can't, it was issues being able to film. He felt like a second-class citizen and any time he was walking on eggshells and they were just looking for reasons to get uh, a nose put out of joint. It's a really disappointing scenario. He has to uproot his life and move. It may be for the better, the options he has there, but um, separating with his coach has the potential to also be negative. So I feel for Lewis Clevett here. It's a, it's a real shame. But that said, uh, he's one focused, as you know, individual. And I look forward to seeing what he can achieve uh, with the, the full backing of the, of the Auckland systems behind him. Sam, thanks so much. Sam Ackerman, sports commentator, speaking to us from Tauranga.